Lord, have your way tonight. We love you so much. You're such a good God. Nothing we can do to ever repay what you've done for us, but what we can do is follow you with all of our hearts and give our life to you, which you have asked us to do. Help us to do that wholeheartedly, holding nothing back, Lord, as we walk this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have a, a short little tidbit here today to piggyback on the message this morning. So I hope you're encouraged, something to pray about tonight. Um, we can turn right to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Can you hear me okay in the back? Sound okay? Thank you. Mark 10, verse 45, and I'll be reading from the NIV. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus came not to be ministered to, but to minister, and to give his life for many. In reading in Mark, in the reading in this chapter here, you can see that Jesus was in his final earthly days. He only had a moment of time left, really, on this earth. That he was with his disciples. You can read, and if you go up into verse 32, you can read, it says, they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. Hallelujah, amen? Jesus leading the way. He had a purpose. He wasn't, he had a, he knew his, you'll see here shortly that he knew his time had come. You knew he was a, going to be handed over to the priest and he was going to be beaten and scourged. Yet here he was, leading the way up to Jerusalem. What a God we serve. And his disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. You can see here a little bit. It says, again, he took the twelve aside. Jesus was leading the way up to Jerusalem. His death was before him, mocking, scourging, beatings, was right before him. He must have already told his disciples this was going to happen. As a man, you might think, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go that way. Go the other way then. If you know this is going to happen, go the opposite way. They were astonished that here he was leading them up to Jerusalem. And those who were around were afraid for him. But Jesus pulled them back together and said, boys, come here. Let me tell you again what's going to happen. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said. We're not changing our path. We're not changing our mind. We are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will arise. Saints, the Lord boldly journeyed toward Jerusalem toward the cross, toward something he knew was going to be difficult, toward something he knew wasn't going to be easy, toward something he knew was, in a way, unnatural for a man or even a woman to do, to walk this path. You can see it by the reaction of those who followed him. He confided in the tragic events that were going to happen. He'd be delivered to the chief priests. He'd be condemned to death. He'd be mocked. He'd be scourged. 
He'd be spit upon. He'd be killed. What a great reminder this was for us saints that Jesus was a servant to his Father's will. Isn't it a reminder what Jesus' will to do was to serve his Father despite what was set before him, despite the difficulty that laid ahead? Jesus had a job to do. Sometimes in that job, things were incredibly powerful. They were awesome. There were miracles. There were healings. There were signs. There were wonders that followed Jesus and those who believed. It was an incredible to be a follower of Jesus at times. It was awesome. It was, it was motivating. It was inspiring. Other times, it was lonely. They were without food. Jesus said of himself, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. This earth wasn't his home. Earth was not his ending place. And all this, through all the success, if you will, and all the downside, if you will, if you consider not having a place to lay your head, a downside, being poor, Jesus continued to demonstrate boldness to do his Father's will. Those close to him, those under his tutelage, still wanted to be served. Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 35. This is right after, by the way. We finished in verse 34. It says, who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. The next verse, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do? I'm reading out of the NIV tonight. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. Jesus replied, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I will drink of or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized of? Verse 39, We can, they answered. Jesus said unto them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. You see, James and John were demanding that the Lord serve them. Lord, serve me. Help me. Do what I want. I'm asking something. I'm knocking for something. I'm, I'm pursuing something. Here, do something for us, Lord. They wanted thrones and glory, one on his right, one on his left. You know, the other disciples, if you read on, did not like this. They became resentful. They were indignant of these two guys. You know, maybe some of them had common sense. Maybe some were like, seriously, you're going to ask that question right now? That doesn't make any sense. Or maybe some were jealous. Wait, I want to be on his right hand or his left hand. Whatever it was, they they began to have a little contention amongst the group there. And and isn't it so Jesus? Isn't it so Jesus? So God, when there's contention in the family of God, he comes right there. I want to settle this right here. God does not like contention in his midst. He doesn't like like Christians fighting in his midst. Jesus, and we see that immediately Jesus said to them in verse 42, come together, come here, all of you, come back to me. I just called you. You separated. Come back to me again. Come to me. Come to me. It says in verse 42, Jesus called them together and said, 
You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. It's not so with all of you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servants. And whoever wants to be the first of all must be a slave first. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, with such a perfect and a grounding answer, he grounded these men right back to earth. What is your purpose? What is your job? Is it your purpose just to get to heaven and have a, have a crown and sit on a throne? Is that your only purpose that you followed me? I've heard people say, I just hope I squeeze in the back door of heaven. I just hope I get to heaven. That's all. Saints, heaven is our reward. But is that your only purpose? Is that your only purpose on earth to get to heaven? All you think is like these disciples. If I can just be in heaven with Jesus, Lord, give me that, I'll be all set. I'll be all set. If that's all I have to do is just get into heaven, that's all I have to do. Well, I want to remind you tonight, Jesus says you have something else to do, to serve. We have to be servants. Servants of each other, servants of this world. You know, saints, the Lord's response was directed towards all of them and all of us. It's all of us. He calls us all together to be servants. We must take up that same cross and follow him. Earlier in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, you don't have to go there, but Jesus says he called the crowd unto him and his disciples. Again, Jesus calling a crowd of people unto him. Come, all the crowd and my disciples, come to me. And it says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. Brother Ryan Domer shared during camp meetings that Jesus called us slaves of the kingdom and said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servants. He shared this. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. You know that word slave in the Greek? It's a word that means you're the lowest male slave. It's not just a slave. It actually refers to being the lowest male slave in the house. You're at the bottom of the totem pole, if you will. You're down here. Jesus said, that's where you have to be. Are you willing to be that person for others? Are you willing to be a slave for others, if you will? The, the disciples maybe didn't see this so clearly. Maybe they were confused at what was happening. I get it. But we don't have that confusion. We can see through the whole Bible and what happened in the end. We see God's words. We see what Jesus had to do. We understood what he had to do now. At that time, those disciples maybe were a little confused how things were going to play out. But the point is, Jesus taught them that he came to serve. He came to minister, not be ministered to. His life and death serve as, a, as an example for believers to follow in this day and age, saints. The example he showed us was to be was to have a life of service. Amen? To have a life of service. And I was meditating on the sermon this morning. With that in mind, with that in mind, having an attitude of ministering, an attitude of service, an attitude of 
not just, I want to get to heaven, but maybe an attitude is, I want others to be in heaven. I want others to be in glory. I want others to sit at the right hand of the Father. I want others to to have experienced what God has offered. I want others to experience salvation. I want others to experience the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want others to experience what I have experienced. Jesus was teaching his disciples, you have seen great things. Your job now is to minister. Let people experience what you have experienced. And they'll reach out to Jesus. You know, side note, Jesus very well answered, it's not up to me who gets into heaven. It's up to God. God will make that choice. I can be an advocate, but God has made that choice. Jesus taught us, God makes that choice, but something you can make the choice over is how you serve. Amen? So the question is, what is our attitude towards those who are spiritually bankrupt and desperate in the need of gospel, in, in need for the gospel? Have you thought about that? Have you looked around your work in the grocery store or places you visit and thought, maybe the gymnasium or the, or the workout place you go to and thought, who's spiritually bankrupt here? Who's in need of ministering? You know, we're having a picnic tomorrow, Labor Day picnic. We're inviting a lot of unbelievers to come. Saints, can we take time tonight to pray? Does the Lord give us divine appointments? Divine appointments to, to open our spiritual eyes, to see someone who's spiritually needy, who needs to hear salvation, maybe someone who just needs a loving conversation, an encouraging word from the Bible to redirect their heart towards Jesus. Do we pray that tonight? Do we intentionally only serve those who God divinely sends in our path? Or do we try to serve everyone we come across? Is our excuse, I didn't have a feeling for that situation? Or are we going at every situation with ministering in mind, being a servant to others? And my final question here, I want to encourage, it's not really a question, but it's an encouragement as we pray tonight. The prayer tonight that I want to have in my heart was to pray for winning souls, to pray for divine appointments, to pray that the Lord use us to remind us that we are servants of a great God, of a great King, of the Lord on high. And Jesus taught us, don't worry what the future holds in heaven. God has prepared a place for you. If you maintain your walk with him, God will take care of you. But on this earth, we have a job to do. And that's to minister for Jesus Christ. Are we interruptible in our lives? Can, we, can our fast-paced lives be interrupted by God and a meeting with another soul to interact with them? I pray we can lay aside our busyness in life, our all-important schedules, our, our hard work that we put forth in our life for a moment to think about, God, use me to be a servant for you. And that's what I want to encourage us tonight. Saints, Jesus did it. He showed us our example. He encouraged his disciples to do it. And what a great example he was. So let's take the moment tonight. We'll get to the cards. There's plenty of them. But before we get to the cards, let's take some time tonight to ask the Lord, make us a servant for you. Help us to minister to the lost. Lord, tomorrow during the picnic, send people in our paths that we can reach out to, that we can tell them about your son, Jesus Christ.
and what he's done for us and in the weeks ahead. Amen. So let's take some time tonight and ask the Lord to, to work on us, to be better servants for him, to give us boldness to share his word. Amen, saints? That's the provocation for tonight.